This episode is a little bit different from the average episode. All of our episodes are serious, but this one is probably the most serious. This episode is dedicated to the, all the lives that have been lost now and through the past 400 years. This episode is dedicated to the Black Lives Matter movement. Please take this episode and write down all of the gems and resources and ways to help that are presented in this episode. We also have resources on our social media platforms as well. This movement, as stated in this episode, is not a sprint, it's a marathon. We need your help to show that black lives truly matter. This episode is dedicated to Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Sandra Bland, Freddie Gray, Alton Sterling, Fernando Castile, Doug Lewis, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and so many more lives. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Thank you for your time and enjoy the episode. your girl Alicia B and you are now in the place to be welcome to the lituation room and y'all I am so excited for this episode this episode was so needed and I have one of my favorite people on this episode and I'm gonna let him introduce himself wow wow thank you for having me my name is uh, Tylee McMillan I am a policy advisor for Reverend Al Sharpton and National Action Network I've been uh, working for Reverend Sharpton since I was 13 years old now uh, 23 so I've been here for quite some time I was uh, in it when it when it wasn't popular, uh, but I'm a recent graduate of uh, North Carolina AT State University and a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Um, and I'm just a, a community leader. I love to be there for my people. I'm excited for the liberation of my people, um, and I'm excited for the revolution of where uh, Black people are about to go uh, in this next dimension. So thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So first, I want to ask this question. What drew you to want to be in this position? Like what made you feel like this is something that you needed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I, I started off uh, in the beginning. I was a young little boy. Like I said, I started off with, uh, with Reverend Sharpin when I was 13. Of course, the passion for it was way before that. And so uh, I was it was days that I was sitting with my grandmother in front of the TV, my great grandmother, watching C-SPAN and house proceedings, and I was being drugged to city council meetings with, um, with my with my other grandparents on my mother's side. Um, so it was always that passion for me, um, to just to want to to make change and to just be in the midst of of great leaders, um, that inspired me. Uh, to one to one day step up to the plate um, and and be at those same tables for myself for for my people um, and and like I said it, I was doing it when it wasn't popular because while my friends was out playing football and skating uh, here I was out in the streets trying to make change at a young age and as someone who like you said it wasn't popular and in, right now it's just getting popular in my opinion how was it you know growing up having that that fire to want to make change and everyone kind of combating you against it. Yeah. Um, so, so growing up, I, I was very fortunate to be raised around sheroes and heroes uh, who always taught me about uh, what justice uh, meant to them and, and allowed me to uh, really articulate what justice mean, uh, means to me. I was always reminded in the fact that uh, that it's not a sprint, but it's but it's a marathon. Justice is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um, is understand that it's not it's not for the moment, but it's a movement. Um, so it's mm -hmm. so all what you see, um, it's not just for now in the moment, but this right here is a movement 
of people um, to make change. Exactly. And you kind of touched on it, but what is your idea of justice? Like what is, if we were in this perfect utopia, how would you think that justice would be executed? I would see, uh, in in this world, I would see uh, black and brown people um, just being very successful, uh, being able to have flourishing businesses, being to have the opportunity to have equity, having the opportunity to have uh, to have space where where things where th- things and systems aren't in place to try to hold them down uh, and and to keep them from prospering. Uh, white supremacy would not be a thing, but instead, mm. black empowerment. Um, and so uh, that's what I, I just I just see for the full liberation of our people to to to, to, to just be great. To be great and to and to bask in our in our excellence. Exactly. Okay. So obviously, this episode is coming at a time where there is a lot of hostility, a lot of animosity towards black and brown people. A wow. lot of the times, especially for me, with protesting, one, I'm nervous. I'm a be completely honest. I've only done one protest and that was um, one of the protests they that they had at A and T, and it was a blackout. And I remember feeling really empowered to be there. But now that I'm, I don't have that group of people that were all with me at that time, it's a little bit harder for me to want to get out there. And also because I have asthma, I'm scared about them retaliating with certain things Mm -hmm. and not being able to control that outside environment. So the main thing that I wanted to talk about in this, this episode specifically is how can people who feel as though they're posting on social media, you know, they may or may not be at these protests. Like what else can we do? How else can we stay informed and stay organized? So my first question that came from one of my listeners is how can someone stay organized and get real facts, not the fake news as mm, our president likes to say, but the real authentic ideas and facts that are coming from. Yeah. So it's very critical for folks to do their own research. Um, it's very critical for folks to do their own insight. It's, for, it's very critical for folks to plug in to to grassroots org- organizations in their community, um, to, to to plug into to local, um, whether that's your your church, whether that's you know actually uh, going to sit in a city council meeting, or whether that's going to sit in on a uh, whether you have a board of supervisors, or you're going to talk with your state senator or your state uh, assembly member. Those are where you you find and you get more enlightened when you do your own research. I think it's very easy for folks to just go on Instagram or to go on Twitter and, and to believe the first thing that they see on the timeline. Um, yes, yes, it's, I can, yes, kid me not, it's, it's, it's a great way to get information, but as, as individuals and as members and as contributing members of society, it is our duty um, as uh, to 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 do research on our behalf and uh, and to to look look into things um, and and for our own selves for our own good and to learn and to learn that information. So I, that's what I would say: be informative, ask questions, um, and if you don't know the questions, uh, uh, network with folks who are in those spaces who can help introduce you to those spaces to to, uh, to to get comfortable. And with you stating about talking to local leaders, what are some demands that? would you think that would create change if more people started to request for them or if more people started to talk to these leaders about them? Yeah, I think definitely um, 
everything uh, I was always taught by one of uh, Ms. Sharon Hoard at uh, ANT, God rest her soul. She would t- always say local politics uh, it, like like is it? She said like politics may not be not may not be the sexiest thing to talk about, but like your local politics is is what really makes a difference. And so in these meetings and you're and you're talking about the budget and you see the funding that police police officers and and, and, and um and these departments are getting and what they're using the funds for. When we talk about police commission, uh, I mean, uh, community um, p- police commission where uh, community members are actually on the board uh, of, of police incidents, or we're talking about like creating uh, police uh, community police commissions, like stuff like this to get engaged, that you know who your, who your chief of police is, that you know who your sheriff is. So, so it should be to where a point that you're so passionate about it, uh, e- even in the midst of all of this. But after the fact, they should still know your face and they and they should still know your name. For a lot of things that I've been seeing on social media, especially from non-African-Americans and non-Brown people, it's been a lot of seeing the negative side of what's going on right now. A lot of people are being like more focused on the looting and the aggressive protesting. Um, Can you explain a little bit from your perspective? Because I don't want to give it as a generalized thing about what black people feel. But from your side, how do you feel about this looting and this aggressive protest protesting that's happening? Yeah. So I think uh, so folks say it was supposed to be a protest, uh, not a robbery. And you hear that a lot. Um, but as uh, Mama Sabrina Fulton said, who was a mother of uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, it was supposed to be an arrest, uh, not a murder. Um, and so mm. folks are furious. Folks are upset. Um, and, and please don't get it confused. Uh, protesters are protesting and looters are looting. Um, so the, I think there's a difference to understand there. Uh, and we can't allow the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or whoever um, or a news outlet to try to sway us from the real reason that folks are out on the streets and protesting um, and, and, and to sway us away from the reason um, that we are even in the streets in the first place. Um, and what I think about is I also think about like, I'll say stealing, stealing a Gucci bag and some Prada shoes uh, does not bring George Floyd back. It does not bring Breonna Taylor back. Um, and folks need to make sure and and I and I and I, and I quote my, my sis uh, in the movement at, at Nan, as she would say, uh, if 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 you if you out there and you worried about a Gucci purse, you need you need to ensure uh, that your voter your that your voter registration card is in your in that Gucci purse. So we we got to be smart. And I, and I and, and I'm not here to tell folks how to express their frustration or to express their anger. Um, but I, I me personally, I feel I feel it's not the way. And as and as uh, said. Protesters are protesting and looters are looting. When I was talking about this with one of my friends, because, you know, I try to educate people who don't get it as much as I can. um, They were always like, what's the point of looting? And I was like, "Okay, Mm -hmm. hear me out. Jesus had a riot in the Bible. So what we're doing is really not that different. Well, I think and I think that. No, 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 no. I was I know, for, for for those is like essentials. I mean, like I said, I, I'm I'm not a person to uh, to tell a person how how to express their anger or to, or to express uh, their frustration. Um, but when we look at uh, like resources that are needed on the front line, 
Um, and, and we see on, on, on social media where officers are, are deliberately pouring out water for protesters and deliberately throwing away um, snacks and essentials for protesters. Um, like the, the resources are needed. And so uh, I'm, I'm not going to say <laughs> either way, but I, I, it's, it's just, you know, th- those things are needed. And, and, and so if they need water, if they need what they need, um, if that's how it is. Right. And speaking of that, what do you think are other ways that people could take a stand but not cause so much destruction to our community? Yeah. So uh, or, organizing organization is is very critical uh, when when um, when protesting and demonstrating. Uh, it's, it's very critical for, for organizers to know that you need water when when folks are protesting it's critical for organizers to know that you need medical supplies uh it's critical for folks to, to, when organizing to know that that you need uh some 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 form of direction to stay on message um for what you're organizing and protesting about and and those who organize protests and organize uh, these demonstrations understand the importance and the need of having these resources so if you're as we know, there, there, there are folks as you go out on the street, you see folks who are actually donating water and donating supplies. Um, so there's folks out there who uh, who, who are all, t- all together in, in on this fight. Um, so, so so folks are, are prepared um, to do their, their, their civil disobedience. On the day that we're recording this, it is Tuesday, June 2nd, which is the blackout day that social media and the music industry has taken. Um, Before starting this episode, I was looking on Twitter and seeing a lot of people going back and forth on the idea of the blackout day. A lot of people are like, what's the point of posting all these blackout photos? Mm -hmm. Or the whole idea was to support black businesses. Do you think that sometimes when good things happen, they can get mis... The idea, the premise of what happens can get misconstrued. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely can get mixed in and, and people throw in their own little flair of what they believe it is. Um, but I but I believe as long as the message is still uh, what the message is supposed to be about, then it's successful. Um, I think when folks... Uh, blacking out their 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 posts and also uh, like tagging like black lives matter and then we look on our our, our, our instagram feeds and that's all we see is black I, don't, I like like we don't want to dilute and take away from from the from the organizing and 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 the black artists and the black um business owners who are who have important information on those hashtags uh because when you go to the hashtag all you see is everything blacked out? So we have to be very right. strategic, like in 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 how we go about it. But I think it's definitely great that it brings awareness to the names and it brings awareness to the issues of, of what's of what's at hand. Speaking of social media, I know a lot of people have taken this time, like I said, to educate people. Yeah, and sometimes we're educating them in a very aggressive way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people. Um, outing people, just throwing their social medias and their emails out there, their addresses. But I feel like there's a proper way to educate people, especially people that genuinely want to 
understand why we're affected so strongly because I've even had conversations where people are like, even my best friend, she's not black, she's not brown, but she wants to understand, like, she's like, this is ridiculous, but why is this still happening? Like what happened to lead up to this point? So what are ways that we can educate people or some resources that we can give to non-black and non-brown people so that they can understand our frustration but not feel like they're getting attacked for not doing something? Um, I I think that's on them uh, to ask the questions. Um, As I I, I made a tweet that that has said, I'm not going to applaud a fish for swimming. Um, And and what I I meant by that was like, I'm not going to uh, like applaud uh, someone or give brownie points for them like to not, uh, do the things that shouldn't have been done in the first place. Um, but I do applaud them uh, for asking the questions and I do apl- applaud them for for standing up to folks that, that are in their community against racism. Um, so I think uh, when it, like addressing folks who may be um, miseducated or ignorant to the fact, I think it's yes, yes, we should we should educate them on it um, and, 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 and based on based on the the of their response I, I feel like you can't really folks can't really control that the built-up anger that has been over 400 years of systemic racism in this country um, of how the reaction will be uh, to seeing ignorance and I and I truly believe before even making a post there should have already already have been a level of information or seeking of information um, to not sound ignorant. And so that's just my stand on it. And we both live in the D.C. area. So today is the primaries for the Democratic, at least. Yeah. I cannot recall the other states off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are saying that voting is a part of the white supremacy and is a part of what brought us down in the first place. I personally don't agree with that. I feel like in order for us to be the change, we have to go and vote and hope that our vote matters and is going to be utilized in its full capacity. A lot of people um, are talking about the Democratic ballot. It has all of the people that have ever try to be a part of the candidacy race right now. And I want you to explain it because you understand politics a way better than me. So I, I do want people to understand why their names are on there and why we don't need them to split the Democratic vote right now. Yeah, I mean, um, so to mention the states, uh, like you said, it is voting time. So Indiana, Maryland, Montana, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Dakota and Washington, D.C. are those uh, areas uh, that uh, are voting right now. And I think it's very critical. There's power uh, in the vote. There's power um, uh, to have folks who look like you in office and in power. There's power to have folks not only who look like you and in power, but folks who align with your principles in power to see change. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think, like you said, it's, it's, I think it's a very important tool in the toolbox to use um, to see to see things like our thing uh, that we say is from dim- from the streets to the suites. From we take it from the streets, we, we protest, we demonstrate, but we also want to see uh, reasonable legislation that's put into place um, that that can help address 
um, the issues that we're out on the streets talking about. Um, in order, and, and, and it's, it's that, I mean, it's sad to say, but in order to, in order to see that change happen um, that we want to see, it happens. It happens through legislation. When we when we look at the allocation of funding for for SNAP and the allocation of funding for uh, for 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 housing, like all all of that is allocated from um, elected officials. When we look at funding that goes to to the police departments, all of that funding is allocated from elected officials. So I, it's a very important for for people to see the importance that a vote has. Um, just one vote can sway uh, a whole a whole piece of legislation. And so it's very important. And and what was another part of your question? I'm sorry. Yes, it was um, a lot of people are saying that they've seen the names for the rest of the candidates who were previously in the race and they want to vote for people like Bernie or Elizabeth who aren't on the ticket anymore and want to split the Democratic vote. So I wanted you to explain it because I can't explain it the right way. Uh, they, they still have the opportunity to vote uh, for the folks who are on the ballot. Um, um, but still, uh, and the, those candidates have already removed themselves uh, from the race. So even if they, they, they're not really voting for them in the end, um, it, unfortunately, we, we go by an electoral college system that should be abolished. Um, and the people uh, and the votes of the people should matter. Um, not by elect, uh, electorates, but by the voice of the people. Um, but yet we are here um, and it goes by that. And so regardless, I mean, Joe Biden has the, the electoral votes for the at, at, at the DNC. I mean, the votes at the DNC. Um, and so really either way, it's I mean, it's sad to say whether you 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 want it or not. Uh, Joe Biden will be the nominee for Democratic for the president of the United States. So you were speaking about electoral vote. I just want to make sure that when people listen to this episode, there's no confusion. Like, what is that? Oh, I've heard that before, but I don't know yeah. how to get that. But can you explain yeah. what the electoral yeah. vote yeah. is? Like the electoral college, um, it should be abolished, as I said before. <laughs> and it should be by the voices of the people. But it, but how we are in our democratic system is the fact that uh, each state by population gets a certain amount of, of votes uh, in the electoral college, and so, for example, when you see states that are big like Texas and California, they will have more people. Um, they will have more votes in the uh, in, in the electoral college than small states such as Delaware or Rhode Island. Mm. Well, that does sound very unjust and not right. But we see in the in the 2016 election uh, that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. I right. Mean, how do you have? I forget how many millions of more votes than the other uh, person and you still lose. It, it, it doesn't sound right. That's like saying, you know, we take a poll on um, on Instagram, but the fact that um, you like the other choice better than what the people polled on, it's, it's, it sounds very biased and, and not right. So, but that's just how I we- I feel like that's why everyone- I feel like that's why everyone is so shocked about the outcome of it, because the overarching consensus of the people was to someone else. And right. here we are. Right. Um, since we are talking about 2016 and 
who resides in the White House as the current, um, how are ways that people can kind of help the situation, If especially if you didn't vote for this person? Like, how can they still make a change even though their vote at that point wasn't um, utilized in their eyes? I don't think that's the right way, but... Yeah, I mean, um, just depending on how they feel um, towards the occupant in office or how they feel about voting, voting in, in general. Um, but I would say, like, if your candidate didn't make it, um, look into the other candidate. And if you align with their values and what they what they uh, what they are proposing for this country, um, it's still an opportunity to reach out to the organizers. It's still an opportunity to reach out to the campaign and express uh, your concerns. There's there's still organizations out there who have direct contact with these with these organizations. Uh, I mean, I mean, with these campaigns. Um, there's there's folks uh, you, uh, who are in your community who are organizing for that particular candidate. Um, and I suggest, you, you know, you 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 uh, you like tell them what you want. I mean, after Bernie jumped jumped out of the race, um, there were some things that he didn't agree with in the beginning um, in aligns with with Bernie Sanders. But after uh, Bernie dropped out, Joe, in order to uh, pl- like to try to get some of Bernie's supporters, like he has to, he has to fall back on some things that, that, uh, that he may not necessarily have won in the beginning. So you have to listen to the voice of the people. And I think that that's what, that's what serving is. You, you serve at the will of the people. And so, um, that's what I would encourage. And if you were talking to either candidate, either one that you would want to speak with, what are some things that you would want to bring up as a citizen in America? Yeah, so some of the main things, like I said, I'm I am a policy advisor uh, here in D.C. for uh, uh, one of the leading civil rights organizations, and of course, my concern is mainly on black communities, black and brown communities, marginalized communities. Uh, I push um, for for legislation for police accountability. Uh, I push for uh, more opportunities and funding when, I, when we look at historically black colleges and universities, uh, of course, being mm-hmm. a product and, you know, both of us being a product of an HBCU. I look for um, increase in funding when we look at um, uh, programs such as SNAP and we look at um, uh, p- uh, programs where where folks need those resources. I look at um, the importance of broadband adoption um, and internet. When we look at ourselves now, we, we all are quarantined at home, working from home, um, but most folks don't have the opportunity or even the access or the adoption to be able to even have internet and, and, and right. in 2020. Like, and so those, those important, like kids shouldn't have to drive to the local McDonald's to get Wi-Fi. They shouldn't have to ride around the neighborhood to get Wi-Fi. Um, and, and most importantly, education, like they shouldn't, like it shouldn't not depend on your area code um, for, for, to, to, for at the level, the amount of education that you'll receive. Exactly. Um, you were speaking of organizations, and I do want to get into different organizations that can help, starting off with the organization that you are wearing a shirt of and that you are a proud representative of. So please give us <laughs> please give us the history on it and how we can support if there is a way and how much this organization means to you. Yeah, so National Action Network is one of the nation's leading civil rights organizations um, in the fight for uh, equal equal opportunity and justice, uh, as you, everyone may see, like we, we work very closely with uh, families that are affected by police violence. Um, we're, we're very on the front, forefront 
of um, corporate uh, like accountability. Um, we want to see diversity um, in these suites. Um, and, and so organizations like that, and the reason I'm very proud uh, of the organization that I'm with, because I see firsthand um, uh, the legislation and the, and the impact. Um, when we look at, just for example, our partnership with Magic Johnson and making sure that PPP loans are given out to black businesses um, where before money wasn't even allocated from Congress to help to help black to help black uh, businesses. So like partnerships like that, and we see the work that we're actually doing to help our communities right now. Like even in the midst of COVID, we we on tomorrow we will have handed out a half a million meals to people that affect wow. COVID. Um, so I'm very proud of the work that we do. So organizations like that. Um, so yeah, all, all of our legacy organizations and even um, our grassroots org- organizations who are who are actually doing the work and involved in the community. Well, shout out to y'all. That is a huge milestone. And thank you for helping as much as you can. Um, I was shocked to hear that there was no funding being given for black businesses. But at the same time, I'm not shocked. Well, well, the same thing we saw from historically black colleges and universities. I mean, they were giving tons and tons of money to uh, these these uh, elite schools that they call them. But yet the funding was cut short. When it, came, when it came down to, 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 to black schools. I don't know how else to say that our lives and our businesses matter more. Not saying that they matter more than the average person, but I know that it matters at least more than a property. I mean, yeah, but. even when we look at like, it's, it's so very frustrating when like you're here and you're actually like in the thick of it. And I mean, sometimes you, you just see what you know, you see on like, uh, like headlines or what they're talking about. But when you're actually seeing that they're bailing out corporate businesses like like uh, Shake Shack, but yet there's a single mother who cannot pay her bill, her her her, her rent on the first of the month. Like why would right. you out corporate companies when rent is still due on the first of the month? And so those are like some of the problems that, you know, we face. I mean, giving out a little stimulus check for somebody who has a mortgage does not, does not, because the mortgage is still going to come. And regardless if right. they- don't pay during those um, those three months that they got a leeway on. They still have to pay those three months back. So you're still um, building on the backs of poor people. So I mean, this is is very very uh, frustrating. It really is. And having to be around um, some of my coworkers and hearing their frustrations and trying to get people to understand that is it's been an interesting time hearing people. Yeah, when um when things come out and you really see where folks stand, um, but it's always exactly always in the darkness when the monster comes out. Write that down, everyone. He just said a gem. That was a word. <laughs> All right, so we already talked about your organization, but are there any organizations that are on the top of your mind that people should be supporting and researching about and trying to support as much as they can? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, like I said, I, I work with a lot of legacy organizations. So I definitely want to plug in organizations like uh, NAACP, of course, National Urban League, uh, plug in organizations like uh, Black Youth Vote and uh, Black Civil uh Black civic participation, uh, uh, Miss Melanie Campbell, who runs that. When um, we look at even like grassroots local organi- organizations, like get 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 plugged in. Uh, when I think of organizations, uh, who who who's someone that I can think about? I mean, 
like I said, I, I, I work I work with some of the same like I said, legacy organizations every day. So that's always at the top of my mind. <laughs> but I'm sure there's tons and tons and tons of organizations out there that you can support. Just go ahead and do your research, you know, and uh, they, they should come up. and before we end this episode um are there any last words that you want to say to people in general just any last thoughts that you have anything that your organization is promoting that people need to hear or and because this podcast is also worldwide anything that the world globally should be aware of yeah so i i would just i would like to like i said repeat i would like to repeat in the in the in the words of our sheroes and heroes who have paved the way before us um that i've said before like this is not a sprint but it's a marathon it's not a moment but it's a movement time will really tell who is serious about it um and 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 you will really tell who's like really joining the wave um just to be on the wave Rather than those who are riding it um, for for real reasons, and and folks begin it'll begin to pass out for those who are just posting it a picture with their fists up to say no justice, no peace for likes and comments. Um, but I joined the I joined the movement at a very young age, um, and I was dragged. Like I said, I was dragged into meetings and 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 doing things like that when it wasn't cool, not because it was fashionable, um, uh, and and while my friends were out doing what they wanted to do, but I repeat after my big brothers and sisters who came before me that for those who are serious, um, they will not get rolled behind, rolled over um, by uh, all the smoke from ha- from the hashtags and the headlines. And after the he- after the headlines fade out and after the hashtags fade out, um, the movement will really tell who was in, really in it to be in it. Um, and so I would encourage folks, even after, you know, folks in the streets are cleared, Folks should still know your name. Folks should still know your face because you were that passionate about it. Um, the work does not stop here. The work begins here, um, and that's what I would say. I mean, there were plenty. Uh, uh, there are plenty nights um, from Eric Garner. Um, uh, when I think of Gwen Carr, his mother, that she felt alone, even though his name rung bells across the nation, um, because folks went back to their day to day jobs, and and the name was like. They, they didn't care about it anymore. And the real work happens after it all fades away. So I encourage folks to just, you know, stay engaged um, and to stay in in the faces of those who represent you. So that's, that's that'd be my two cents. Well, I appreciate you for coming on this episode and talking with us. Thanks for having me. No justice, no peace, no <laughs> police. <laughs> yes, come on. Well, thank you so much. Um, give your social media handle so that they can stay up to date with everything that you and your organization are doing as of current. Yeah, you can follow me at Tyleek McMillan, T-Y-L-I-K McMillan, M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N on all social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So check me out. Yes, thank you so much.